Natasha from Artemis Impact. Welcome back to Artemis Impact Podcast. Like our last episodes in Artemis Impact Podcast, we will share with you a lot of inspiring stories from volunteers, organizers of volunteering activities, and other important stakeholders in the world of volunteering. So if you want to start your own movements or start volunteering, or maybe, well, I just want to listen to some cool stories from a person or an organization that creating a chance for the world, this podcast is the right place for you. Our third episode today is very, very, very special. <laughs> Maybe some of you already uh, start questioning why is she speaking in English today? Hmm. <laughs> it's because today we have a very special guest. I will give you a hint. Our guest today is a social entrepreneur that uh, will sharing with us about social impact. Anybody can guess who? <laughs> So today we have Simon, the co-founder of Artemis Impact. Hello, Simon. Hi. Good morning, everyone. You have to be excited. Yes, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Woo! Are you excited to be here? Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, good, very excited good. to talk about uh, social impact. Very excited to talk about what it's like to be a social entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> very excited about a lot of things. It's been a very great, good week. Great. You have to, or I will have to force you to. <laughs> Are you guys also excited with the podcast today? Maybe I will give a short introduction first. Yes, please. About you and about Artemis Impact to our listeners. So uh, Artemis Impact is a digital volunteering platform. With a simple web app and mobile app, Artemis connect volunteers with organizers of volunteering activities, help you to manage volunteering efficiently and also enable you to track your own contribution for the society either as an individual or as an organization and simon here currently he is the chief operation officer or the coo of artemis impact he has eight plus years of experience in fintech in europe and asia yep. right <laughs> yeah and he's been living in indonesia for five years he feels challenges in social sector in volunteering is not like easy thing to solve. So he likes complicated <laughs> problems. Yes. So that inspired him to start building a solution for that through Artemis Impact about mm. two years ago, right? Yes, so, yes, 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 about yes. two years ago. So what we will be talking about today uh, on this episode, basically based on his journey as a social entrepreneur, Simon will share with us on what is social impact actually mm. and then why is this so important what are the roles where you can contribute to create a social impact then we can dig deeper into the role of volunteers in creating the impact again thank you very much for coming here today thank Simon. you for having me <laughs> and willing to share your knowledge your experience <laughs> to our listeners yeah, thank you very so, much. So, social impact. Mm. There, there's a lot of buzz around the world of social impacts, right? Recently, uh, recent few years. And then uh, a lot of people, a lot of institutions, a lot of organizations been talking about it, been focusing on that. But according to you, your experience, um, what is it? What is the social impact and how do you see it? Um, I want to I lead off by saying um, I'm not an expert in social impact. I'm... Uh, I've deep dove into the subject of uh, impact and volunteering about two years ago. So um, it, my opinion is just based on my research up until now, my experience with 
companies and organizations that, um, let's say, tend to use the word social impact quite a lot. Um, now, before I can really, you know, justify why there's such an interest from my side, I, I, I want to also lead up by saying that social impact is a very dangerous word. Um, it can be used um, very easily. Um, it can be used uh, without very much understanding um, to define a lot of things, to try to justify actions. Um, but there's a, I would say, there's a certain lack of understanding of what it, what social impact is, where social impact comes from. Um, now, I think your question was, uh, why is it important? Um, I think it's important for several reasons. Um, I mean, for the first reason, obviously, because social impact is supposed to define, you know, all the actions we need to take to create social profit, um, and kind of the 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 almost like. The relationship of variables that we have to kind of understand towards what specific actions are going to help us um, create not just social profit but environmental profit and cultural profit and all these kind of non-monetary profits. Um, I also want to uh, add towards that that I do not believe that social impact and profit have to be mutually exclusive. I feel like mm. they can be connected, combined yes. and connected. Um, is one of the things that I, I believe. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, what it, why is social impact important? It's important because it's, it kind of defines like all the different kinds of things we need to know. Um, yeah. Do you have like, how, how would you define a successful initiative in creating social impact? Do you have like, according to you, mm. um, an examples of companies or social communities or people that have managed to create a positive successful impact for the society so one of the things with impact is that it can a lot of times be very subjective to a certain extent um, because you use a lot of underlying information to show social impact and um, before I give a specific example I want to explain a little bit how we or how I would look at whether or not a company or organization or an initiative has impact. And um, there's something that we call the results chain, which effectively says that you know to show impact, you have to show output, and to show output, you have to show the actions, and to show the actions, you have to know the inputs. Um, and these are kind of like four steps that can be, if we kind of like squeeze it down to three steps, can be put into input, output, and impact. Um, now, the biggest issue is that most people only care about the third part. They care about showing the impact. Now, the problem is, or not necessarily the problem, but the situation is that apart from the impact being slightly or can be subjective, the output and the input is very factual. It's very, that's where the data is based into. Um, I'll give you an example. To show the impact of, let's say, a, a clean environment, the output, output would be a clean beach. And to get a clean beach, you have to put in X amount of hours of cleaning, this many people, maybe you need tools, maybe you need money. Yes. So effectively, the inputs is all the little building blocks and variables that you need to create the perfect output, which shows the impact. Um, so if we're talking about examples of companies that are showing great impact, I would need a better understanding of what these companies are doing in terms of output. But even more importantly, I would need to have a better example of what they're doing in terms of input. input. Exactly. Um, which is where my kind of um, aversion towards using the word impact too much um, is based upon. That I want, or in my opinion, I think people should be asking much more about social input, social outputs, 
and then by that having the social impact is being shown true so you have to understanding your input what you're doing in order to understand better what is the impact that you're creating exactly um i think in general the the whole topic there's there's a lot of different ways that you can take it um specifically i think one of the degree of differences that people have to take is the degree in terms of what scale you're looking at now you could look at social impact in terms of the scale of billion dollar projects that countries and um, uh, or, and sorry i mean um governments are taking into place with their billion dollar funds to have specific scales of projects obviously they cannot take the same kind of like leisurely approach that a let's say core initiative community uh, of let's say five a hundred people in an area would take in terms of what they're doing in terms of inputs so as the scale grows, so does the understanding of the intricacies of the inputs have to grow as well. Um, so what happens is that, yes, we have this framework. Yes, we have this understanding. But there's also a certain sense of um, uh, how appropriate is this model towards the scale that we're looking at. Mm. So the simplified input-output impact, I would give a community. I would give a smaller initiative, smaller organization. If you're looking at a bigger, you know, a $1 billion fund to help um, fight deforestation, then you need to effectively look at a much bigger scale of not just inputs. You have to look at the specific activities. You can break out the outputs in terms of outputs, in terms of action, uh, in terms of um, short-term impact, and then in terms of long-term long impact. impact. So you can break these up and, and the model can become more complex the bigger the scale is. And, and technically, the more money is involved. Um, but yeah, so I think... In terms of that framework, the organizations that we could be looking at, um, specifically that, I don't know, um, we like looking at here, for example. Um, I very much enjoy the work of the Body Shop Indonesia that they do here. Um, it, they have a very strong uh, minimum input expectancy of their, uh, of their employees. Like mandatory um, hours. Exactly, mandatory hours. So I think it could sound a little bit militant sometimes, but I think if, <laughs> <clears throat> if you as an organization are saying okay you have to do a minimum eight hours but as an organization you make the concerted effort to then say hey there's an event every month where basically by, by just doing two of these events you have your minimum covered right um and <clears throat> organizations like the body shop you know they, they rely on their hr department obviously but they also have a values committee so um we should be looking towards companies that um, are not just asking their employees to do things or asking their customers to do things that are actually um, actively creating opportunities where purpose mm. can be met. I see. Yeah. But that's also bring like some plus and minus, right? I'm curious though, mm. because some people, if you're saying we have mandatory hours, yes. say, and they will be like doing it just as it, it is as a mandatory thing. Yeah. Right. I think, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different schools of thoughts. Um, if you ask me specifically, I'm very much into the idea of effective altruism, um, which basically is the idea that the intent is a nice thing to have, but it's not necessarily the core of what we need to create action. Um, and that in the world of today, what we should be looking for in terms of change is we need to strive towards more action rather than just more intent. Um, there's a lot of inefficiency in the social uh, industry at the moment, and I mean this between charities and foundations, quite a lot of as well, that you know, they have uh, these organizations, they have very strong inefficiencies in terms of accountability, mm. um, that as long as it seems like they're doing a good job, they're doing a good job, but they're spending half of their time looking for money, so most of the time they're trying to do a good job, they're just trying to create more material to raise more money. 
So they're just in this perpetual cycle of not really striving for action. Now, if we're looking at, let's say, on the other side of the board, you have quite a lot of you know, NPOs, uh, foundations, uh, uh, even companies and organizations set. We are looking for these specific actions. Our goals are these KPIs, these key performance indicators for us as an organization. Um, and where the action is based, and I mean, a KPI is an output, right? It's not an impact, it's an output level, which if you reach these KPIs as a company, you can show how much impact you have um, given, to, whether that's social impact, environmental impact, cultural impact, um, to a lot of different stages. So I think the pros and the cons, yes, in the con column, you could put down, you know, people are just doing it for the sake of doing it. But at the end of the day, would you rather have them do nothing and wait for them to just be kind of like uh, like overeducated towards doing something in their free time if? Or would you rather create something where KPIs can be met where we can make real changes in terms of you know the scale that we need it to be? I see. But for now, the world has changed tremendously, right? Because of the this digital era. Yeah. A lot of technologies here helping a lot of things helping a lot of people yeah even in indonesia the industrial revolution 4.0 is like very um big right now mm. and that's affecting a lot of things uh for you uh, do you think there's like tools or ideas uh, the ideas that we have currently that we have available to ourselves right now which you think it can help us creating a more and more and better social impact so i think in terms of tech um, if we look at the last five to ten years, what has happened is that the big change has come that tech companies like Facebook and Google have become staple. They have become uh, pillars of our society, just as much as you know when the automotive industry was new. That you know the auto um, the the automotive companies became pillars of society because they were giving jobs and they were their output was important because we needed cars for everything for transport infrastructure and it's the same thing now. Tech companies are part of the infrastructure that we have to understand now. Naturally, what happens from that is that the infrastructure pillar that enters, it creates offshoots. So we have offshoots like fintech and we have offshoots like e-commerce. Uh, e e uh, uh, we have offshoots like, so the tech starts building into the different blocks of society. Um, and inevitably, what comes out of it is social tech. Um, now, social tech is an interesting, um, I would say, field, mostly because very much compared to um, you know when I was in fintech for a longer time where fintech is very profit driven it's very straightforward you know you you create a payment gateway that is cheaper that's faster that's you know that's more reliable now you fall into social tech there's a lot of I'd say gray areas uh, as into what is expecting of you so what happened for a very long time in social tech is that the minimum expectancy of you creating something technological and social was very low because you're, people are not expecting you to make any money. People are saying that you know you shouldn't make a profit. People are saying yeah. that effectively you should be building a platform based on donations. That, but what I mean by that is like you get donated to to build a platform. Now, in a perfect world, everyone would want to donate into those kind of platforms. But if we look at VCs and impact investors and 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 any kind of funders. There's no way in hell that you will get cynical money into social tech if your output is that, you know, give us money and we'll just kind of help people with with minimum um, uh, kind of, uh, out, let's say, experience. 
like a lot of people in social tech that I've been talking to, you know, and, and this is not something against them. They don't have a tech background. They come from an NGO background or they maybe spent all of their life marketing and now want to turn over a new leaf and decided they're going to start a platform that, um, you know, it does, I don't know, digital marketing tools, but there's no tech background. They have never built a platform. They've never built a website. They've never built an app. They don't understand that, you know, to a certain sense, technology works because you have a certain sense of scalability. You have a certain sense of, you know, it's solving a real problem. It's not just solving a hobby or a fad or a trend, which, I mean, although there's a lot of tech companies that worked on that, that from the outside, it seemed like they were just a trendy app. They were solving a real psychological need that was addicted. Um, and, and the issue is that with social tech, um, with all the technology coming in, the initial tools that we've had so far, I would say, are very subpar towards what people expect nowadays from a tech app. Because if you try to compare uh, and download an app that's supposed to help you, I don't know, donate, it needs to be just as good as Instagram. It needs to be just as good as mm. Facebook. It needs to be just as good as WhatsApp in terms of how fast it works, how good the UI UX is in terms of all these different parts. It's not enough to just say, well, not enough anymore to just say, hey, this app is good, it's crappy, so, but use it still, please. But so Because it's for like a good cause. Yes, because it's for a good cause, it's allowed to be crappy. That's not true. <laughs> and consumers, people don't think that way. Yes, because yes. the way that you're basically trying to buy real estate in their brain. And the issue with today is that social, the brain real estate is through, I don't know, Facebook likes nowadays. Or it's through, I don't know, retweet this tweet. Or it's please share this Instagram post. That's as much brain real estate as it's getting right now. Which means that unless someone famous is posting that the rainforests are burning or unless someone famous is posting something, and even if it's misinformation, even if it doesn't show the whole picture, that's how information is garnered out. So there's no space for a half-assed tool. There's no space for a bad UI UX website. There's no sure. space for this in this world because social tech is not protected. Social tech is not special. Social tech, if anything, is underserviced, um, and there's a massive opportunity. True, true. What do you think some of the other challenges that like we still have to overcome in getting this more and better social impacts? Um, I think uh, there's a certain sense of needing to personalize impact. I feel. Um, I feel that. While it's very easy as a person to rely on organizations and initiatives to lead purpose, to fulfill impact. Basically saying, um, I'm at home, I see the TV, uh, I watch TV, or, or watching something on my laptop, I don't really watch TV actually. I'm watching <laughs> something on my laptop, um, and, and something is criticizing someone, and then you hear companies, you hear CEOs, you hear all these things, and you think to yourself, oh, I wish Facebook would do this. Oh, I wish Google would do that, right? Um, for the why aren't they doing this for the good of the world? Um, and that's fine. You should be expecting organizations to fulfill that purpose. Um, but to a certain extent, your identity as a person, as an employee of a company, as a as an entrepreneur, or as just a part of a community, should be enough for you to feel responsible for something. Now, I'm not saying that everyone is being lazy and not doing anything. Um, I'm just saying that. There's, there is a need for us as a society to start personalizing impact, by which I mean, you know, we're already having really good signs of that. You know, the whole, um, it, you, know, uh, you know, not using as much plastic, you know, uh, uh, 
consuming uh, less single-wear plastic, like yes. going to the supermarket, less plastic bags, etc., etc. Um, expecting from your restaurants to not have like plastic, plastic straws, straw. um, but you know, effectively by doing that slowly but surely, like uh, cafes and restaurants are slowly changing, right? So we need more of that, and that needs to be done in in, in more different ways. Uh, I mean, for us at, in Artemis um, specifically, one of the things that we really wanted to do is not just create a management-centric platform. We really want to create something that's volunteer-centric. The application, the website, all the information that's out there, the content that we're producing is supposed to give the person the understanding that what you are doing, even if you're part of an organization, you're still an impactful individual. It's very easy to get lost in, in the sense of, um, okay, I'm part of a big NGO and I'm just kind of following this group and because this group has great purpose, I don't have to think about it. But you should, you know, you should be aware at least. Like you don't have to, um, it's okay to follow. It's completely okay to follow, but you should be aware of how much you're adding to value to it. Yes. And you should be aware of how important you are, even if you're one of a thousand. Um, even if you're one of 10, one of a thousand, one of a million, one of seven billion, right? Any purpose you follow in that sense as an individual should give you insight or you should be aware of what small variables you're adding to the bigger picture. So it's just not like relying onto someone else, relying to some other organization, but you have to have your own contribution. I uh, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that you can't rely. I think you should be able to rely. The idea is that, um, be becoming a stronger individual makes you a better contributor to I others, see. right? The idea is kind of like if you love yourself, it's easier to love other people, right? Because if you have your understanding of being 100% confident of what you are, of what you're doing, what your impact is, you're going to be much more confident of also accepting other people's smart bits and, and coming towards. And it shouldn't create uh, I'm better than you or you're better yeah. than me kind of comparison. It should be much more personal than that. It should be this is your part of the bigger picture because you're contributing everything that you can or you're, you're aware of all the potential of what could I happen. See. You become a better um, contributor, right? So you should rely on other people. You should rely on organizations. You should demand more of people, but in a way that you're also contributing. And um, the way that we want to build the app in terms of personalizing your part of social impact is that if we look at, I'll get back to the results chain again, if we look at the impact and we break it down the output and we break it down the inputs, Input. if you understand your inputs, what you can bring to the table, then you can understand more what everyone else can bring to the table together with you. And then you can see all the outputs you've created together, which means that you can visualize all the impact you've created on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So rather than asking people to you know, fulfill $12 million random control trials to test whether or not this project worked out, you should use something like Artemis that allows individuals to just track their minimal inputs in terms of the organizations they work with, the communities that they add value to, the um, <coughs> the initiatives that they join, anything on a day-to-day -day basis. And even if it's just one time a year, you can still get to see everything around you. You can still see part of it. Tracking, reporting, so understanding how important you are. Yeah, so I don't like the word reporting because I, th I feel like reporting is you're controlling. Um, and like the same with tracking is there, there's this very mechanical part that shouldn't, or I don't, I, I wouldn't want to scare people away. You know, because tracking and reporting can be very... You'll get reported. Exactly. It, it has that like very like schoolsy like uh, grading feel schoolsy. almost. Exactly. So what we want to avoid 
is we want people to have understanding. We want people to have transparency and we want people to, uh, to almost like measure yourself towards your own potential. True. We don't want people to start comparing themselves to other people. We, obviously, we want people to um, very much engage offline, um, but there's a certain sense of minimum understanding you should have of your own social footprint. I see. Who are some of the important players that like involve in this creating social impact? Oof. The problem is you're asking me about important players, right? And the issue is that who I think is important might not be different. By, might be different for a lot of um, different reasons. So, if you ask me, there's a very strong pillar in terms of um, the uh, education uh, institutions. Um, I think. Universities, um, I mean, high schools, schools. that's why I think universities more so, um, has played a very important role in shaping um, in terms of social understanding. Um, and for us in Artemis, it's a very important um, environment to engage with because it's not just about them learning um, how they can, you know, have their social footprint added. Um, it's also about us learning as a platform how they engage with a product and how we could improve that to you know, further better help this generation that's going to lead countries in the future. Um, and at the same time, I think the other important players of social impact are uh, big companies, corporates. Um, I very much think that there's a, um, a minimum expectations we should have of corporations to that they align their, their monetary profit with social profit, environmental profit, and cultural profit. I think that it's very possible. I think quite a lot of corporations that we're actually working together with already, um, you know, they're showing how aligned they are creating profit alongside the social. Exactly. Um, and I, I don't think it's wrong to try to do that. I think it's the best thing possible to do because um, there is a certain sense of, you know, you have to work within the means of what exists. So if you ask me about the important players, those are some of the core pillars. Now, I think they're one of the key resources in uh, an economy for volunteers is purpose. Um, and the issue with purpose is that purpose can come from different origins. Now, purpose can come from experts who've spent their entire years and uh, lives to, to understand specific topics, specific problems, challenges. But purpose could also just come from very charismatic people who might have complete misinformation and not understand the complete situation. And um, uh, by this, you know, we could talk, we talk about celebrities, we could talk about misinformed politicians, or even misinformed CEOs who drive the companies in a very different direction. So purpose is a very dangerous one because there's a lot of misinformation in the world. So we should be focusing on key players of, of taking small steps. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, just as, assuming that we want to clean every beach in the world on a weekly basis, right? Because one cleanup is never enough, right? Yeah. Stuff's going to get dirty again. So we have to kind of like create a system and economy where these actions are just going to become daily, where profit is driven to create more of these actions of just making sure that, you know, every park will be cleaned up every, you know, because sometimes, um, and I'm not going to mention any specific governments, but governments in the world can be somewhat inefficient in terms of their public goods being spread out. Um, and <clears throat> running big countries is very difficult. Running small True, countries yeah. is very difficult. Yeah. Um, but coming from the private sector, we should strive towards supporting public goods as well. 
Now, I know that some in the public sector might find that, you know, over encroaching, you know, trying to make them look bad. It's not, it's not nothing like that. It's we just want parks and beaches to be clean. So what do we have to do for that? You know, like we have to find organizations, communities, we have to find initiatives and support them. Now, as a platform, as Artemis, what we're trying to do is visualize the inputs of these actions. And if we can visualize the inputs of the actions, we can show the outputs, then a lot of the impact that is being created on a day-to-day basis that we have no idea by, about that isn't visualized could be shown. So, I forgot your initial question. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just went on a whole complete tangent there. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but out of the players that you mentioned, uh, mm. which one or maybe more than one that you feel like our listeners can contribute as? I feel like in terms of people listening now, um, there's a certain... So there's one very important aspect of what Artemis is trying to do. Um, and one of the words that were kind of a key terminology that we always throw around is hyper-local. Mm. And the idea of hyper-local is to make people look around them rather than, you know, because you're so connected with the internet and technology that it's very easy to start looking very far away. It's very easy to start looking towards the rainforest in uh, Brazil um, yes. and not necessarily maybe just the rainforest here in Sumatra or yes. um, let's say just your park that's across the building where your office is at or the building that you're living in right now um, and, you know, seeing that, you know, some someone there needs volunteer help, right? Yes. Um, I'm not saying that um, people who don't do any volunteering are bad people. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying that in terms of what people can do and have time to do and have the opportunities to do, there are all a lot of opportunities. And it's up to you whether or not you want to take the action. Um, the way that we see it, uh, you know, that some people are already volunteering a lot and some people are curious. So I guess out of the people who are listening, who are curious about doing something, um, you know, I mean, obviously, once the Artemis app is open, you should just <laughs> download it and use it. <laughs> But in the meantime, I think a big part of it is informing yourself about your local, uh, like your your, yes, your, yes. your your core where you're living. Um, Connect more with the surrounding communities. Yes. I mean, like there's a lot of, um, you know, a, a, like s- small communities, small initiatives that exist that, you know, that are supporting, you know, just v- hospital visits. But that's a little bit intense sometimes. Not everyone is good with hospitals. So like just, just dealing with kids or, or giving out food or just... Um, just anything um, but again there's not an expectation of everyone having to do I don't know 100 hours of the year that's unrealistic um, I think the idea is that in the meantime uh, you know educate uh, and, 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 and read content that you're interested in because if you're curious you know if you're listening right now and, and if you're saying like look I'm not going to do any of this shit then you know that's fine but if you're one of the two of the ten or three of the hundred that are listening right now that, you know, or, or of the millions that are listening, uh, <laughs> um, a, a few of you are thinking to yourself, um, you know, I'm interested, I'm curious, but I don't have time and, you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing, you know, where I live. Maybe there's something close to your work. Maybe at your work, you know, maybe your boss, maybe your, your coworkers, your managers yes, yes. are willing to do something together. Um, and I think, you know, in the world today, it's not weird to ask your work if you can do some volunteering together. I think that there's a certain sense of, you know, almost that 
relief for some of the people that, oh my God, thank you that you asked. You know, we weren't sure that whether or not you guys wanted to do something, um, you know. And it's almost like you could guilt trip, <laughs> you know, the company that you work in to do something for you. you know? Guilt trip. I know. I mean, hey, the thing is, <laughs> guilt is a real thing, okay? And, and it's something that, you know, you, you're allowed to use <laughs> if it's for the greater doing- good. <laughs> Why are we doing good? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, a lot of companies are expected to do more good stuff. And maybe the company is doing something and you just don't know about it because yeah. the emails have been going to your spam or you don't read your emails <laughs> anyways or you're part of this like, you know, WhatsApp group with 169 people at work and you just don't pay attention because it's like 20 messages per minute. Um, it's like gossip and then gossip, 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 gossip and then suddenly like one line, hey, does anyone volunteer? And then gossip, gossip, gossip and you miss the one line. So it could be a lot of different things. Yes. Um, so people but yeah. volunteers, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are already doing a lot of stuff, a lot lot more than I do, um, and a lot more than I think most people do, and they have been doing it regularly. Um, And those people, I want to say thank you, um, but also their life is not going to change if social tech improves, you know? Um, For the mission for tech is to include more people, is to not look at the necessarily the market that already exists, is to grow markets is to grow and scale markets. Now, um, an example of that would be uh, e-commerce, right? E-commerce has allowed people who don't usually shop that much to shop all the time, right? So all the people who said to themselves like, you know what, I I don't really want to go to the store right now. It's like, oh, I don't really feel like shopping. They could just go buy everything they want, right? And, and, and it included and it grew that market out, which is why like it went from like, well, you know, we have a million people who shop to like, we have billions of people shopping online, right? So that would be e-commerce. So, and I think in, in social tech, it's something very similar. You know, there's people who are volunteering already or in terms of what Artemis is doing is like there's people who are volunteering already. There's organizations who are already pushing it. There's companies already doing these things. Um, our step into it is to help measure the inputs, help visualize the outputs. Um, but really our goal is to include more. Our goal is to find more people through, um, allow more people through the application to either volunteer, to, 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 to get their company to do more stuff. You know, I would love for a company that has never done anything to st- get on the platform and because of Artemis start doing stuff, you know? Yeah. The guilt. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> one of the many factors inclu- included into adopting a product might be <laughs> and, and uh, wanting to achieve more. And, and guilt is part of that, yes. Yes. Um, but I think, yeah, that, see, that, that's the potential. You know, we work a lot with organizations and with people and, and initiatives who are doing great work right now. But very honestly, they would be doing great work also without us. Um, you yes. know, and, and the idea of where we would like to be in the future in a year, five years, 10 years, is having to allow more people do more by just giving a simple platform that helps individuals track their social footprint. And with that social footprint, create more user submitted data towards the organizers or towards the managers or the HR or the values committees to allow them to then more effectively be able to put in more resources into it. Because the hard part of it is that out of the $600 billion that are being spent every single year into this kind of world of unsarcastic, of, of, uh, of, of kind of like um, uncynical money is that we need to show proof to be able to continue contributing as much or more. And 
Right now, with most of the platforms or most of these data enrichers or visualizers, it's all manager-centric. It's all just basically one person collecting all the information sure. and inputting it. And what happens is that basically it's just kind of, you just have to trust one person not messing up the data inputs. You know, rather than saying, look, we have a million volunteers and they all input data and you have outliers and you use a bit of distribution to see what's the average, the mean, the normal. And, and then you can see and see the real value of data of a user submissions. And I think that's where we want to come in. Um, you know, we want to flip the script a little bit. We want to do a better job than most of these um, data analysis companies for social impact have done so far. Because they're all selling the same platform to the same people for the same price. Slightly different colors, slightly more approachable, funny, you know, <laughs> UI, UX, but really they're not doing anything. Awesome, awesome. It's very interesting how the world today is more and more focusing on social impacts and there's a lot of roles that everybody can contribute and how important every each one of you, the listeners, to be able to play a bigger role into these pictures. Mm. Now we will take a short break, but mm -hmm. don't go anywhere because after this we will come back with more interesting stories from Simon Yay. about the role of volunteers in creating the social impact. Maybe what are the challenges and how volunteers will be able to play a bigger role, more vital role in the issues, solving the issues in our societies right now, right? So stay tuned in Artemis Impact Podcast. I don't know about inspiring, but... <laughs> inspiring. There's oh, well, stories, interesting yeah. stories. Okay. <laughs> interesting stories. It's called interesting. Interesting stories uh, about as like, volunteers. Mm. Like, everybody can contribute more and how important they are into this social impacts, building the social impacts within the society, right? And you mentioned before, like, everybody, every every single person, they have, they can contribute. They're so important into the bigger picture. Yeah. And for Artemis, it is, uh, it's, it's, you're very focusing on this uh, volunteers because it's volunteer-centric platform. Yeah. I mean, it's one aspect, right? Yes. The, 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 you can create impact without a volunteers. That, that's very, very possible. There's a massive part of that. It's just for us as Artemis, we're focusing on this specific section because it's one of the small problems that we're looking to, not necessarily solve, I think challenges that we see that we like to increase and i think in terms of coming from a tech platform point of view it makes the most sense to look towards the idea of volunteers because um this might sound a little bit commercial but the like the amount of volunteers you can bring in if you put them in terms of users it has the most increasable market in terms of how many more users you can get because technically everyone is a volunteer or can be, can be. so i'm basically working with every single person on this planet um, so rather than saying I'm creating a B2B platform where you know there's a finite oh, amount companies, of companies, yes. there's a finite amount of NGOs or, or governments, for example, I'm I'm putting myself into a box. 
and a lot of the other kind of like data management software is effectively they're saying the same thing. They're saying, I'm just creating something for organizations. I'm just helping people visualize their data. Well, there's a finite amount of people doing that. And for us, we want to create, you know, a social tech platform that can be used by anyone, which is why we're focusing on volunteers, their actions, their hours, their time, their purpose, and the social impact that can be driven by harnessing their inputs. I see. But volunteers itself, usually they have other priorities, right? Whether they're working, professional, and stuff like that. And yes, yet, yes, yes. And, and sometimes a lot of challenges coming from that mm. because of the commitment, because uh, they're maybe they're not as active as the other volunteers to contribute in the organization. Yes. Do you think that if, if the volunteers become, it's working by the uh, full-time or even just like part-time employee stuff, Uh, do you think that would be more efficient in creating a social impact? Um, I think I think there's a certain sense of responsibility by companies to allow to to empower their employees to create impact. Um, the, I think there's a certain stigma of the word in volunteering where the idea of volunteering is seen as you know you have to do it um, for free and it has to be in your free time and it has to be someone else or like during your weekend exactly during your weekend. Um, I feel like. The idea, almost the term of volunteering needs to be changed a little bit in terms of just spending your time where the primary out, where the primary um, benefit is social profit, not monetary profit. But I'm saying primary because you can have a secondary underlying benefit being monetary profit. So, for example, if your company tells you that this is part of the job or, you know, you can do this after hours, then, you know, you're still doing it because it's benefiting your overall company profile structure. Now... If, for example, I think there's some organization out there who have the means to kind of like cover the transport cost, there's a lot of opportunity cost that is yeah. still monetary in terms of creating these, you know, um, social outputs. Um, so I think if you really don't have time and if you're working hard and you need to feed your family, it completely makes sense that you don't have time to, to do other stuff. That's, you know, no one, no one is looking beyond that. You know, you are doing the utmost to take control of your personal situation. And, to, and as someone, you know, who sees my family like sometimes your initial reaction will be to put your own family above everything else i don't judge that i don't see a problem with that now in that kind of situation and and this is also the reason why artemis engages with a lot of companies is that we see the initial step forward and the initial benefits can be shown by companies being very focused on enhancing their um, employees into doing more socially profit driven um, stuff and That, you know, in, in between initiatives and communities, sometimes there's an act of combining, but still making sure that, you know, that person who's in that company is giving, getting the individual experience in terms of their own social footprint. And they're connecting more with the communities. Exactly. Stuff like so so I, I feel that it is our, the way that Artemis is trying to initially circumvent asking people to give up their jobs right away is to go through their jobs to get to them to allow them to have you know fulfill a higher purpose according to your experience mm. uh, like the past two years you've been talking to a lot of um, NGOs social communities yes. companies since uh, maybe some other stakeholders like donors right? yeah well, what do you think the challenges of volunteering that they're facing and how can we solve those issues 
What are the challenges that they're facing in terms of volunteers? I mean, the problem is like you just mentioned like five or six different like stakeholder groups, which are all very different. And I think between very um, different issues, very different issues. Yeah, I think between like NGOs, companies, uh, initiatives, communities. Um, I mean the 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 the, the problem or the challenge that all of them face is understanding their inputs. I think there's a lot of different, you know, managerial inefficiency, maybe priority, financial issues that all the different stakeholders have that will inf inf influence how they manage their volunteers. But I think across the board, a lot of them are not able or do not understand the importance of tracking their inputs. Um, I use the word tracking again, measuring the inputs. Um, and I, for us, I think what we want to allow, and this is the one thing that we're talking to a lot of these kind of stakeholders with, this is our core added value towards them, is the individuals within your organization, within your initiative community, um, NGO, we want to allow the individuals to measure their own inputs yeah. and give you insight into what do these inputs mean towards your efforts. And by enhancing your individuals, you become stronger as a organization. And being a stronger organization and understanding more what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis means that you know you don't have to spend so much time fundraising you don't have to spend so much time justifying your actions you don't have to spend so much time um, you know justifying to your CEO that these um, out extra extra work hours that you're doing and specifically these social out of your foundations are achieving things and are beneficial mm. um, and you Bringing can just the accountability exactly um, so I think the challenges are all on the baseline level that they're not empowering their individuals enough i see i feel like there's also a lot of other challenges right like commitment maybe like maintaining communication yes in between your organizations like yes a lot of stakeholders in one of organizations even like just big companies there's like a lot of things going on and stuff like that i i i think yes no you you're, you're coming up to really important two very important points is communications and commitment um now in terms of communication I think it can come into different kinds of levels. It's communication in terms of between employees or between volunteers or between NGOs, between different organizations working together to you know, run an event or run a kind of initiative over time. Um, their communication challenges can come up. I think commitment, uh, commitment issues is a really big one for volunteers specifically because there's a stigma around volunteers. Yeah. Like how are you supposed to um, complain about someone who's doing something for nothing, yeah. right? Well, How, I'm doing it for free. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you'd be like, well, I just didn't show up because I, you know, I just didn't have time at that point. So there's a, there can be a lack of commitment. Now, I can't fix everyone, <laughs> but no, that's the wrong thing to say. I think, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the lack of commitment issue is that oh, something, it will be over time that people won't, it's not about punishing people who don't show up, it's just trying to find the right people for the right jobs faster. And if that means within an organization, that means outside of an organization, all our platform will do is that initially it'll give a better starting point to go towards that future of being able to find the right person with the right skill sets, with the right time commitment, with the right attitude, to do the right things that need to be done to create more social profit. I see. But, uh, currently, do you think there's things that done that enable volunteers, help them to be more impactful so far? Is there anything? In terms of technology? I mean, there there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of different things out there 
that are enhancing the journey of a volunteer that are enhancing the journey of uh, an initiative Those you know platforms. yeah platforms i mean like you know facebook does did an amazing job to initially set, allow people to make groups and pages to organize to get together but you know as we've all seen where facebook is driving towards you know this this advertisement machine is very unsuitable towards really getting i mean it's very complex to run these groups these pages you know what are they really for um uh, like there's a lot of misunderstanding in terms of you know i don't know i still remember when the facebook group pages came out you know because of, uh it, it like i think the first version you know like nine years ago and it was you know it was just a simple page it was like a timeline you share and you just kind of go along with that and it's very easy to get together um and i don't i, I just don't think that's kind of like a pseudo situation anymore i mean whatsapp is great you know but the problem is once you have like 150 people in the same texting group you know, or like half of it no, maybe less than even half even of at it. like even at like 50 60 people already <laughs> it gets a little bit you know uh, difficult to uh, you know communicate yeah even though that's what it's supposed to do is you're supposed to communicate um now at the same time you know you can have something like salesforce in a big company that's you know very expensive but very good at what it does but is it really suitable for this part i don't think so um so you feel like it's, it's the solutions that we have right now is not enough yet? Well, I don't think there's a solution made for what we need right now. It's kind of like, you know, they're nailing, um, you know, it's like it's like hammering a nail, but you don't have a hammer, so you use like a plastic cup. I don't know, but it not a plastic cup, maybe like a mug, right? <laughs> and But it's not made to hit the nail in, but it's still being used and it still gets the job done. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's trying to solve the problem but not really going deep deeper into solving the problem those challenge well they're kind of like saying like hey here's a brick right it's used usually used for building buildings but you can also use it you know to hold the door open and you can I also see. use it to like you know to use it to break on your car and you can also use it to like i don't know hammer and nails as i was saying or you could also kind of technically use it as a pillow it's not very comfortable as a pillow but it's there so <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it's a very it's a very good useful object but it's just not made for every solution perfectly so what is the, the things that you feel like we're doing right now but it needs to be changed and it to be improved or Oof. even just like done differently it's really hard to say these things without just mentioning like the feature list of what we have on <laughs> Artemis, but um, that's, that's <laughs> I think, look, I think uh, to say a little bit more general, a little bit more fair about the subject is like the idea is that in this results chain that kind of ev even though everyone disagrees on how to measure impact to a certain extent and everyone else has a reporting style and whatever, there's a certain sense of agreement across the board in this sector that input creates output creates impact. Right, so if we can agree on this, then what we should do more is just focus on the input. It is the initial focal point of action. It's the initial focal point of data creation. It's the initial point of where something happens, therefore we can see something, therefore something else, you know? And the problem is everything is so results focused on the impact because that's just what, you know, lazy donors or lazy foundations or lazy charities I'm, I'm, I'm calling them lazy. I'm not calling all of them lazy. I'm calling, I'm saying the lazy ones. There's also non-lazy ones. But the lazy ones, right? They just want results to just drop dollars and be like, okay, we're happy now. We did our good deed. Guilt gone, right? 
And then there's quite a few, you know, impact foundations or, you know, very switched on charities who are like, look, we need to understand what they are doing. We need to understand what the inputs are. And <clears throat> organizations like those, you know, let's say like, you know, switched on charities, they start realizing, holy shit, there's no one giving us this information. We don't know where to put our money because I would say, you know, two, maybe one out of 10 or two out of 10 organizations that are saying they're creating impact actually can visualize how they're creating the impact, you know? And I'm not saying that, you know, the other eight or nine are shit. I'm saying that the other eight or nine need help, right? They need to improve like- They know they need tools to be able to just easily do that. Not everyone has the money and resources to track everything manually. Not everyone has the money and resources to say, okay, well, you know, we want to create this impact yes, and, you yes, know, I yes. think we can do it like this. I mean, that's a great initiative that they're creating these things, but there needs to be a link between yes. the information they're generating, and not just, hey, here's a website, visualize your impact, put in all your information, <laughs> you know? It's, it doesn't help anyone because they still have to do all the manual work, they still have to do the data gathering, and they still need the extra money and resources to then ask for more money and resources. So. You know, a lot of these solutions of like, hey, here's a great platform to organize everything is not, it's not helping anyone. Yes, and some of it, I think they're not even aware of no. how important to tracking all these inputs and then understanding it better. Not even right? a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Because there's like a lot of organizations, I think, that um, they're doing a lot of great things in the span of 10 years, but they're not very uh, well aware of what they're doing who's con like contributing in it what is the impact after that right i mean there's there's two i think issues in terms of misconception is one people think that impact is more important than input it's not um it's the same thing and you don't understand your impact if you don't understand your input i think the second thing a lot of people are too focused on the money flow that they start there They say, you know, I, I think it's very important, but you have a lot of, let's say, like U.S. companies or U.S. platforms that focus on saying, look, you need to raise funds, you need to raise uh, or you need to donate. And, you know, these charities and NGOs are, are doing a great job. And, you know, because we said they're okay, you can just give them as much money and feel good about yourself. Right. But that's where it ends, you know, and then you're, you're back in the same wrong cycle of just buying off your guilt, you know, yeah. rather than saying, I am completely in understanding of what these things are creating. I am I I know that what is uh, this for? Like an example would be I remember there was a massive it used to be a massive thing of like give the the, the the Facebook likes and then you know we'll donate however much, you know. If that really happened, right? If let's say technically there was a the campaign on Facebook and there was a guy sitting there and he was like, look, if this gets 150,000 likes, I'm gonna donate a million dollars towards this. And that really happened. Like, I, I don't know if it really happened, but if it really happened, that's a great activation, right? Of towards something of like, okay, that happened. And then you would get to see where the $1 million dollars is going, right? And what happened per dollar to everything, right? That would be a great initiative. But that's talking about inputs, right? But the idea of just activating money to go out by liking something and just kind of like saying like, all right, job is done. It, 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 it doesn't create any change. It doesn't create any, any, any impact. So, you know, there's a, and, and I, I don't want to make this like a Western Eastern thing, but there's a certain sensibility where society thus far up until now has been okay with just throwing money at problems. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that it does, it's not needed. It's just created a very 
big pocket of organizations who realize that I can get paid and take a 30 to 40% management cut and not have to do jack shit and just show nice photos and nice PowerPoint presentations. I'm not going to call out any names. Able to put it on social media. <laughs> and everyone put it on social media and everyone is just like, oh my God, these people are perfect. And then like they're one like, I don't know, bad tweet or Me Too movement away from being like cut out and then ostracized. And then they're like, oh, well, that's one bad individual, but the organization is fine. I'm not going to call any names, as I said, but I'm just saying <laughs> that there is a big pocket of problems. And we're, we shouldn't go out and police it. We should just change the entire infrastructure of what we're expecting people to do. And we educate should them, right? educate them, but also create a certain um, accountability towards yourself. Yeah. You know, and again, it's about personalizing the word impact, not just leaving it on the macro scale, not just leaving it to the scale of like, well, I hope that the next G8 are going to figure out what we have to do with the world. You know, like it's, it's, so, it's such a weird like the concept of, of, of kind of like, you know, you're reading the newspaper and just waiting for them, like, OK, well, you know, have they have they decided to fix it? Like, oh, oh, oh. Where, where is my government? Exactly. Where the, so, so it's great that on the macro scale, you know, all these companies and UN, are, everyone's talking about it. We're having the climate strike. You know, these are, let's say, great initiatives, right? But we still need to unlock the individual potential of every single person to True. small things, you know? Um, the, the, one of the key issues I, I see in that is that, you know, you're, you can't be perfect in terms of, you know, it's very rare that you're going to find someone who um, does an hour of Alzheimer volunteering and then an hour of working with terminal kids and then also cleaning up beaches whilst also, you know, striking around. Things. It's a lot of things, right? But, you know, you, you, everyone has something that they feel passionate about. And, you know, just because someone is spending time with terminal, um, you know, kids, but then, you know, buys coffee from a place that has a plastic straw, you know, you can't ostracize them for that, you know, and it doesn't mean it's canceled out, but you should be focusing on the good thing, right? So you should be focusing on allowing people to build on top of their small successes as an individual in terms of your social footprint and allowing people to strive towards the actions and the genres of activities that they like to they're pursue. Passionate that they're passionate about. And if your passion is in any of the area and not in something else, it's completely fine. You should just engage into the area that you like. So it kind of sucks because you're effectively saying like not all, um, not all initiatives are equal. And unfortunately they're not, you know, not all initiatives are equally supported and equally liked and therefore not equally important for people because it's something subjective. Passion or understanding of a problem is something subjective. You know, if you would, if you would just allow everyone to be passionate about the initiative that they're currently passionate about and not judge them for all the other things that they're not passionate about solving and you just focus on the good, then you could just kind of like move the positive forces towards these challenges, you know, and as people get more educated and start involving and just feel comfortable and happy about their passion, then who says that they can't be passionate about two things or change their, you know, timeline yeah. and, and, you know, adjust whatever time frame they want to spend rather than kind of judging everyone and saying, you know, oh my God, you don't, you don't care about this and you don't care about that. It's like, you're a bad person. If you're a bad person because you only care about two out of 10 things, it, I don't know. It, 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 we, I, I don't want to, I don't want to live in a world where that is the main way of trying to solve problems. Yeah. Let's imagine. Yes. 
nobody, no one in this world doing volunteering. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> nobody Stop. care about it. How do you think that will affecting the social impacts? Well, first of all, Artemis wouldn't work. <laughs> so, um, I, I would be unemployed um, and I would need to be looking for a job um, because I'm not allowed to volunteer, right? Um, but if no one volunteers, I don't think the world would, like, I think people underestimate how reliant we are on people volunteering for stuff and how reliant even kind of like, let's say like, not, it's not like, it's not typical environmental or typical social or cultural. There's a lot of things that are happening throughout the world that are completely reliant on people to just do something for the sake of doing something. And I think, you know, there's a certain sense of, I feel a certain sense of responsibility with Artemis of trying to visualize that. I want to visualize all the small parts of invisible volunteering. And I'm not saying that, you know, people, I want to highlight people and make them famous or whatever. I think I want to highlight it so the individuals themselves can feel appreciated by at least a system, you know, yes. by, by a platform that says, you know, we see what you are doing and we like. Yeah, we'll celebrate you. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be about, we want to share you on, you know, social medias and this is our favorite one. Like, you know, I, like a top I mean, profile on Instagram. I, say, I don't, I, that's not what it is. It's just being appreciated by someone saying like, Hey, you know, thank you for doing a thousand hours or something, you know, it's, and it's as simple as just visualizing your individual social footprint. I see. I see. But how do you think we can create a ecosystem or like environment, which will enable these volunteers to be able to create more impact, play a more vital role in this uh, solving the issues? I think the great thing about working in social tech is that the attitude is different. What I really prefer about social tech over FinTech is that the attitude is not that I have to build in an Omni platform, you know, um, because if you work in FinTech, for example, if you look at all these players at the moment in Indonesia, for example, they just like, we have to do everything. We have to do loans. We have to do interest. We have to do this. Chichila, ba 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 ba. Everything, right? So otherwise you can't win because everything is market share. But we have a different drive in social tech. Um, and the great thing about creating an ecosystem is I can be very reliant on other um, people, on other platforms, on other um, companies, on other tech companies, on other on, on, on worrying about you know the content, the education, um, about you know learning how to you know you know speak about your passions. You know us as a platform, we want to work about we want to worry about measurability of inputs and empowering, right? And on how transparency of data can it can create a bit more of accountability. Accountability, exactly. Um, so, you know, for us, you know, I can openly rely on, you know, players like campaign.com, for example, who are, you know, very focused on campaigning, yeah, well, campaigning on creating a better understanding yes. on how to share your passion towards an action, right? On how to involve people in a group of saying, hey, I like this thing and I want to commit my time towards it. Can you join in? You know, how do I create challenges, actions? How do I create, you know, a, a crowd? To, to, to share my passion. So I, like things like that. On the other side, you know, you have platforms like Kitabisa who are doing a great job and just saying like, look, if you need money for these things and you are not going to ask like, you know, these big financial VCs, like ask the people, ask the crowd, yeah. fund yourself from small donations and fast and enabling them, you know? And, and you know, without players like that in the social system, in the social tech system, we wouldn't be able to strive. Uh, and, and so we it's were, all about collaborations. 
it's about collaboration. It's about looking towards other platforms like Indorola One, who are making basically making a really good matching system of you know volunteers towards organizations and just creating a, an open conversation between them to be able to get to a better end result. Because I if I spend my time trying to build the, an omni platform across the board, trying to cover all these bases. I'm going to waste so much time and money before anything's changed. You know, it will happen in another ten years. Sometimes, you know, if you think about it, if if I say, uh, you know, I want to cut vegetables, I'm going to build a kitchen knife. I'm not going to buy a Swiss Army knife who can also, I don't know, cut open a plastic bag and also open a wine bottle. Like yeah. we don't need to do these things. We know what we want to do. We know we want to build that. So let the others kind of like you know work together with us on that. Do do you have like any other um, players they feel like supposed to be in that ecosystem? Maybe like government, <laughs> make them to be track. <laughs> so I, I I'm always very careful about talking about government for two reasons. One, um, government has I think different priorities in terms of how they function. Um, there's a certain sense of living in a democracy means that the priorities are set by their current campaign, the priorities are set by the current terms, by you know getting reelected, by you know staying in power. So it's very much almost only as long as they are in power is it interesting for them to get to where they need to be. Um, unfortunately, the planet uh, and the people don't live on the same cycles as governments do. Um, yeah. They live on a cycle of I'm alive here for the time that I'm alive. Um, I, you know, and it's going to keep on going. And unfortunately, there's a lot of man-made structures such as government who are not always going to be as efficient in solving on-the-ground problems for people in their homes. Now, we're talking about general macro society. I think you know, governments are playing a very important part about creating the right infrastructure. Um, personally, I think the private sector needs to do the heavy lifting on solving these issues. I'm curious though. Do you do you think that government should be uh, able to for like all the people, the society mm -hmm. will be able to track them, like track what they're doing and stuff? Because you know a lot of going on. I don't know what the other countries, yeah. but Indonesia itself, like a lot of people have been saying, "What is this government doing?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No comment. <laughs> um, I, th I, th I think it's, that's why I don't like the word tracking, right? Um, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to measure inputs in terms of how much good you're doing. Measuring, and that's yes. your data. That's your information. What you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis and, and creating and, and, and empowering yourself, that's yours, right? So you should be able to kind of use that information to whatever you would want to do, right? Very individual, very personalized, Yes, right? but my belief is that if you empower the individual they will understand what that information could do. And that if you are, for example, working with the community or initiative organization that you really believe in, then your information, and you know that your information can empower their purpose, their direction. Um, you know, they're not like, this is not information that advertisers can use to send you brochures. You know, this is an information that a government organization, for example, or, or uh, 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 an initiative by countries could potentially use to measure whether or not initiatives that they're funding are successful, are, are doing what they need to be done. Um, I see. Yeah. Uh, do you have like, know some tools that probably can use right now to be able to um, creating more and better social impacts? Like Artemis? <laughs> Good one. That's a good, <laughs> That's one. good one, right? That's a good one. Um, I think 
there's a plethora of you know platforms and websites out there that can do a lot of good stuff but i think at the end of the day it really comes down to your personal preference of what you're mm. looking for and what your experience is um trying to be very unbiased um about not just talking about what we are building um at artemis i think um I think generally the markets right now is not very friendly towards your individual experience as a volunteer. A lot of it has to do again with just being a manager or with being an organizer, organizer. or and it's about tracking and controlling almost like slightly negative reporting. Exactly, you know, reporting uh, almost like slightly very like negative point of view and I think um you know from our sense of we see organizers as volunteers as well. We see that the managers volunteers do. Everyone is a volunteer and they have, you know, the ability to include others. And from that point of view, the experience that we have to create is for the volunteer first. And that gives you tools to get together and mobilize and uh, you know, be a community and communicate. Um, building the commitment. So no, I don't have any platforms that I would re recommend as strongly as Artemis right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good promotion. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you have one book recommendation for our listeners that would like to try to create social impacts? A book. A book or whatever that that you watch. Like if you if you talk about read. reading, I think. I mean. There's a, there's a lot of um, reading out there in terms of, you know, if you want to deep dive into the science of impact and the science of inputs and outputs. Um, but I think there's a certain sense, again, of... I hate... Okay, so this is, this is a bit of a problem because I don't like recommending books per se because like people are very peculiar about reading and a lot of people nowadays don't like reading. So... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is like, um, like I understand that so books that I like to read that inspire me as a person are not necessarily going to inspire other people because I feel like with, with writers they invoke you know they're putting down an emotion through a story whether it's fiction or non-fiction uh, and, and you know you could read a book that's very you know theoretical and you could be, read a book that is just someone's opinion on how the world works and uh, my issue is with like non-fiction books about opinion-based books I start arguing with the book while I'm reading it so it's very difficult for me to get through most of these books um, uh, that basically are giving me theory uh, on, on what to do so I know I don't have a recommendation <laughs> I would say read what you like to read um, because you're gonna do that in your free time you know you, you you want something that inspires you in terms of you being a human being and inspires you to be alive mm. because only then can you really engage and you know again it comes down to the fact of like be ha like you should do things and be passionate about things that make you comfortable in your skin of who you are and how you yes. exist because only then do you really have the energy that you can spend to other people it's very personal yes yes yes, yes. last question anything else that you'd like to add Close, <laughs> closing statement <laughs> um i think in a general sense um with the idea of social impact is that um, it might seem like it's very out of reach. It might seem like not very tangible and it might seem like it's very difficult to achieve. And that's because it is all of those things. It's untangible. It's far away. It's difficult to achieve. It's difficult to measure. Um, so I think it's important for people to make it tangible and, and turn it not into social impact, but into think about individual social footprints. 
um, and about things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. What is your day-to-day input? What is your day-to-day output? What are these small things that you are doing? Um, whether that's, you know, uh, again, you know, not using plastic straws, it's not, not buying, you know, those environmental things, um, whether that's to donate, whether that's to, you know, spend an hour here or there, all these things are small things, but they all add up, you know, um, and in terms of if people care about the social individual footprint, they will care more about also, you know, inf- you know, affecting this, like changing their lifestyles. And when your lifestyle is changed, then, you know, society will move towards because, you know, the companies that you hate are seeing that, that, that you're having, that you have an issue with, right? That they see you as a potential customer. So if the potential customer acts differently, then their companies will change what they're doing. Um, yes. Because their first and foremost right now idea is profit. So if you change as a customer, if you change your lifestyle, adapting towards it and where you're comfortable in and hopefully, you know, you're comfortable in also, you know, living in the mindset of, having less of an environmental footprint and so on and so forth. Driven by the values. Exactly. Um, but again, you don't have to be, you know, 360 perfect on all points. You know, sometimes it's, you know, if you're focusing more on um, on a specific cause and whether that's, you know, ter- you know, terminal illnesses or Alzheimer and you care more about that than about the environment, then, you know, that's your thing. Yes. You know, you don't have to, you know, minimum requirements across the board are very hard to enforce. And I think that there should be less judging about what people are passionate about and more celebrating about all the different things that passionate people are passionate about. Yes, yes. I totally agree with you how, how important every single person, each one of you, that how important you, your small things adding up to the bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? And that would be really, really great if we can capture all of those small things and able to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Simon, for coming and sharing a lot of um, interesting stories. <laughs> a lot of interesting stories thank you. from your journey until now. And thank you very much for our listeners of Artemis Impact Podcast. We hope the stories from today can inspire, can motivate you to contribute into creating impact through the social sector, whether as the volunteers or maybe you're starting your own movements. So together, we can bring a positive change for the world. For the next episode, we will have a lot more special guests, a lot more special than today, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What? <laughs> They're willing to share with us about their journey in volunteering world. So stay tuned in Artemis Impact Podcast and don't forget to follow our social media Instagram at Artemis underscore impact, Facebook at Artemis Impact, and don't forget to check our website at Artemis.im. Details about our social media is available in the description of this podcast. See you in the next episode. Happy volunteering and don't forget to be the impact.